Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is America. Welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and it is absolutely a great day in the United States of America. You can smooth believe it. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Now, I've always been a numbers guy. I um, was in finance business for years and years. And, um, you know, even though math in in high school and all that kind of thing and college and whatever wasn't my strong suit, fundamental figures and that type of thing, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a whiz at that type of stuff. I know how they should balance out and all that kind of thing. Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes even without looking. Let me tell you something. When you are looking at a U.S. economy, this is the good news, America, because it means that all of us, if we play our cards right, will be able to eat from the American trough because of what we bring to the table. And you'll be able to bring it to the table. And the people who create things and make things and work to create things and to make their own lives better, they will be bringing things to the table, especially when you're looking at this type of growth in the midst of a pandemic. The U.S. economy grew at an unrivaled pace in the third quarter as the government poured out more than three trillion Dollars worth of pandemic relief, which fueled a COVID, uh, which which uh, of course was fueled by the COVID nineteen pandemic. Do you know how much we grew? The economy, our economy, grew thirty three point one percent. My. God, that is only 17% from 50% doubling itself. Are you hearing me? And I got to tell you, I, I don't believe this. This is not, this has happened. I, 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 I've always believed in uh, the divinity of God allowing Donald John Trump to become president of the United States. I've always believed it. And right when it appears that the forces of absolute evil will win the the day in defining the type of scenario that is playing out here, you get real figures like economic growth. And hey, listen, my, my fellow Americans, my fellow citizens, when we talk about our nation's economic growth, 
uh, expanding in this way. When I talk about all boats rising, a rising tide lifts all boats. This is what I'm talking about. Now, now the, the other day, of course, you can go on, uh, follow me on Twitter at Rev C.L. Bryan or just uh, Google C.L. Bryan on uh, Fox and Friends first and you'll, you'll get yesterday's um, or day before. I can't remember what it was now. Um, you'll get the tape that I, the uh, interview that I did. Yeah, you'll get it. And I was asked or I, it was said there after I had made a statement well, yeah, a rising tide lifts all boats, but it doesn't lift them all, you know, together. Well, what the, the lady was referring to was the fact that uh, there should be some equal outcome when the boats rise. Well, no, it, there won't be because, uh, you know, there are different size boats in the water. <laughs> oh, you better hear me. The different capacities of the boat. Uh, you know, they, they, they won't perform the same. You won't get the same out of this one that you'll get out of that one. And isn't that the way it comes down when people are employees as well? That's the way it always has been. I mean, you go back and, you know, you tap, tap, you know, people you went to high school with. Go back and people that you grew up with. Hey, some have, uh, you know, just really, you know, made it. I I know some that are in the gutter. I know I have friends that I have tried to help in times past. But you know what their choice was? I used to tell a story about, uh, you know, in, in revival, some of my revival meetings about this bomb that I... Uh, ran across uh, in a, a dumpster out back of a restaurant that, uh, let's just say my father, your father, whoever, was running. And dad always had, was you know, he, dad ran a swanky restaurant. My dad did. And this is for real. He really did. The bum may or may not be real, but uh, listen to the story. Because this is what you do, Americans. This is what you do. And Christians, you all do this a lot, too. But I'm talking to all of you. Whatever your religious belief is, I'm talking to Americans in particular. The bum is eating out of the garbage bin and you offer him the ability to come in and eat inside of the swank restaurant. And he does. You clean him up a little bit, sit him at the table, and give him the menu and tell him he can go for whatever's on that menu this time. And we're going to teach him how to earn everything else the next time he comes in. Mom says, okay, sounds like a deal. But then he asked the question, you, you, you Americans, you ask this question all the time. You're asking it right now. He's looking at the fine food on the menu and what they have brought to the table and all the beautiful settings. And the bum looks up at the person who offers him the opportunity to eat in the swank restaurant. He asks him this question. The bum asks him this question. Well, can I still eat some trash and garbage too? (laughs) 
all of this is here for me, I know. It's it's on the table. It's laid out for me. It's great place. Great food smells fantastic in this swank restaurant. But my question is, though, can, can I still eat some trash and garbage too? Well, you think he's absolutely crazy. Let me tell you who, who uh, taught me that lesson, that parable, that that story. Bob George, one of the great ministers of all time, is get his book, Classic Christianity. I've been using that. I told Bob that I was going to steal that first time I heard it about 35, 40 years ago now. I told him I was going to steal it for sure. And I have. I have used it over and over and over. I use it much more dramatically. And you, you should tell it yourself because Americans, American young people, Republicans, Christians, you have the ability to have the swankest life that you can imagine if you'll simply go get it. But on your way to getting it, somebody offers you what you were trying to escape from. And the question that comes out of your mouth many times is, hey, can can I have some of that too? That's what Joe Biden's all about. He has nothing of substance to offer you. Nothing that will be nourishing to your American souls. Only those things that would take away from who you are. They've sold out, I'm telling you, to the Ocasio-Cortezes and the Bernie Sanders of the world. Matter of fact, if it was not for James Clyburn of South Carolina, Throwing in behind Joe Biden in South Carolina and begging with tears in his eyes and a tremble in his voice, begging them to vote for Joe because not only do we know Joe, but Joe knows us. Now, Joe owns us. Black folks, Joe Joe has owned you. Not me, I, but I'm a run. I, I am the runaway slave. That's me. I made a film, made a movie about it, made a film about it, award winner, a Crystal Dub award winning film. Made a movie about it. I am the runaway slave. Joe Biden still owns most of you who have not run away. And he knows it. And Jim Clyburn, as much as I respect, uh, you know, what you, well, the tenure that you've put into the Congress, because I don't see much that you've accomplished. And maybe I should honor you for being um, older than me, black man, who came from, yes, a deep south that was uh, a little bit worse than the deep south that I came from, but Jim, uh, you fall in between my father and me as far as age is concerned. And so there's nothing that you have experienced that I have not either heard about firsthand from my father or have not experienced myself. 
So what am I saying? I am asking a question. Actually, I'm asking this question of Jim Clyburn and anyone who would fall in line behind people like him who would throw in behind Joe Biden. And would want to lead black folks with them. I just want to know. How in the world can you say that this man knows us? We're going to put y'all back in chains. It's like, you see, and they're quick to call me the sellout. But that is absolute sold out to someone you're you're like a a a stockholm syndrome patient most of the black voters in this country are like stockholm syndrome patients herman cain was my mentor and my friend i tweeted this out just a little bit ago Follow me on Twitter at Rev uh, C L Bryant at Rev C L Bryant. And um, him and Andrew Breitbart and um, of course, Dr. Thomas Sowell. All of them were in my film and I've benefited from each one of them. I truly have as mentors and friends But Herman Cain, and coming up here in just about 15, 20 minutes, uh, in about three or four minutes, actually, uh, about 10 minutes, it will be um, Corinne Rankin. Corinne Rankin will be coming up at, um, I think, on 1124 at that break. And then um, Vivian Childs of Georgia, that's who Michelle has lined up uh, for me today. And um, then I'm looking forward to talking to Diane Ventura. I'm not, I don't know who she is, but um, she's one of the women for Trump, one of the women for Trump. And then we're going to close out the show today with Pastor Daryl Scott, who is um, an advisor, close advisor to the President of the United States. One of the reasons why I am um, jumped on board the Trump train initially uh, was because of the words of of Pastor Daryl Scott, and they were that he trusted this man. He knew this man. I had met uh, Donald Trump uh, a couple of years, several, two or three years earlier, but I, I, I mean, he wasn't candidate or anything at that point in time, but uh, I surely didn't, wouldn't have taken him seriously for a presidential candidate, but there were serious people who did. And, and you know, and I knew Daryl Scott was a, I know Daryl Scott's story, and I know that he's not a, he's not a frivolous guy. He's a, he's a, he's a serious guy. And so he's going to be on with us uh, here uh, to close out the show today. And um, so I certainly do appreciate you coming along with us as we build this bridge to conversation but friends when the gdp when 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 our economy grows not gdp but when our economy grows 
I mean, that's happy days are here again type of thing. How can a president, a sitting president, lose? We're going to get by coronavirus. But if the economy tanks, okay, so you get by coronavirus. Now you starve to death. The economy grew 33% plus. (laughs) That is phenomenal. 17 points away from growing, from from nearly, from 50%. That's good news, folks. And Herman Cain would be absolutely smiling on that. Corinne Rankin is going to come on with me here in uh, just a, a little bit, and we're going to talk with her. She sits on the board with me at um, Black Voices for Trump. We're founding members. I think Corinne is executive board. I'm, I'm just one of the founding board members, but um, she's. I think she sits on the executive board because um, she's an executive. <laughs> but uh, certainly look forward to uh, speaking with her and then we will bring up Vivian Childs and Michelle you can send me something on Vivian uh, I know that I've talked to that name before but I don't remember her uh, also uh, we look talk to then Diane Ventura uh, women for Trump a woman for Trump and uh, I got to tell you women are on fire for this president, he is absolutely the guy to bring it home, especially in light of the fact that we're looking at the growth in our economy of 33% in the midst of a pandemic, the Trump economy, the way he's built it, it seems as though it's self-sustaining in that special. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, coast to coast and border to border over Red State Talk Radio, the talk monster. And uh, if, in fact, you're traveling through uh, Times Square, look up and uh, you'll see the, the um, CL Bryant Show pop up on that big old billboard up there. Red State Talk Billboard. I'll be back in just a little bit with Corinne Rankin. And I'll want to honor a dear friend and mentor, Mr. Herman Cain. Don't go anywhere. I'm CL.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. And it's all because of people just like you throughout the Fruited Plains uh, and around the globe who, in fact, believe in the precepts and principles of liberty and freedom. And nowhere else do you get it in abundance like you do right here in the good old U.S. of A. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the globe. If you're traveling through Times Square, which is kind of vacant and dismal right now. Look up, though, above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not building and the Red State Talk billboard, the top mon- the talk monster billboard is right there. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the C.L. Bryan Show does pop up on that big screen, one half block from where they drop the big ball. I don't know if they're going to drop the big ball this year, uh, Michelle, but I tell you what, uh, we'll be around to ring it in 2021. And with the economy growing 33%, hey, folks, let me tell you something. A rising tide lifts all boats. And someone who knows absolutely about that is my next guest, a good friend and uh, board member, uh, advisory board member. Uh, I think she sits as well on the executive uh, board of Black Voices for Trump. Uh, she is none other than business entrepreneur and shaker and mover around the globe and right here in America from California. My good buddy, Corinne Rankin, welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Glad you're on with me, Corinne. Always my pleasure to have you on uh, as well. Corinne, you know, one of the things uh, before I, before we talk about our, our friend and mentor, uh, Herman Cain, I, I want to talk about some of the things that we're looking at as far as the success of Black Voices for Trump. You've been on Women for Trump. You've been up in various places like Milwaukee and Wisconsin and places like that uh, for Black Voices for Trump. You have been moving the football, woman. Talk to us about the success of it. Well, I think the, you know, the numbers show that, you know, that the Black Voices for Trump uh, campaign has been successful in, you know, stirring up the Black community. We've definitely made a significant dent into the black community just through the campaign, through knocking on doors. You know, I was speaking at an event the other night, and they said that the campaign just, we were basically tasked with bypassing the fake news media and going straight to the voters, just knocking on doors, meeting people where they are, opening up the Black Voices campaign offices in black communities. Uh, throughout the United States. Uh, 
has really made the difference in uh, the outreach. Michelle, she's kind of breaking up on us, and uh, but just the same, I, I do hear you. And uh, and it's not it's not really bad, really bad, but it could be. But Corinne, you're absolutely right with those numbers. And with those numbers, we're also taking into account the things we're hearing with this polling that's going on. I just can't understand how the lackadaisical, low energy campaign of Joe Biden could possibly be polling stronger than Donald John Trump. Do you make any any sense of that? I don't. Um, I know that there's, you know, in the United States, there's an anti-Trump sentiment uh, that people just want to vote against Trump no matter who who they're voting for. So there is some of that. But people tend to vote for something in droves, not against and, you know, I, I often wonder if the polling is as close as it is, because remember in 2016 that all the polls got it wrong. And, you know, if they get it, think about it, if they get it wrong this time, pollsters will basically be not won't be trusted going forward. So I, I don't I just wonder if there's some of that as well. As long as they keep everything in the margin of error, then the pollsters, we, we can't blame them for being wrong. You know what? You're right uh, as far as that's concerned. And uh, going forward and folks, uh, take to heart what Karen just said. If they get this wrong, I mean, really wrong this time. Uh, how can you trust any of that? I mean, will it mean anything to hear what a poll says going forward? Uh, someone who uh, often, um, you know, defied all odds and uh, was a, a friend and mentor of ours, uh, Corinne, and, and um, of course, you, myself, and, and him and uh, others were splashed around the globe uh, once he had passed away, had contracted corona, and uh, and passed away with it. But one of the things that I, I know and want to share with the audience today is that Herman Cain was a great, great American patriot. He was a great American who happened to be black. And uh, share with us a little bit, Corinne, um, what Herman uh, meant to uh, you and the movement. And, and, and just, just share with us how maybe he poured into your life. Well, I think Herman Cain was just, he was an icon for, you know, in the Republican Party and especially for, you know, black Republicans, you know, young people like me who are younger coming up in the party. You know, Herman Cain was someone to look to, someone to emulate. He was just a great individual. He, you know, was a, a terrific uh, co-chair for the Black Voices for Trump uh, advisory board. Uh, he was always attentive, always listening, always writing down action items, you know, based on, you know, our conversations. He was, you know, and I think it's important, you know, for people to remember that he loved what he did. I mean, I know there are a, all of us love what we do, but just the level of enthusiasm that he had, you know, at every turn was just inspiring. And you know what, Corinne, the level of business acumen that he was able to impart, uh, being an entrepreneur, both of us being entrepreneurs, you, you could call Herman with uh, a scratch your head type of what do I do next uh, in this situation type of thing. And Herman could could 
decipher that thing and he could take it apart and put it back together so that you uh, it it would be business for idiots I mean Herman was just (laughs) that way you know and so uh, and I think that he could have been a a great great asset to us going down the stretch here Uh, and I just wanted to honor him today and uh, uh, just talk about him Daryl Scott's going to be on with us a little bit later on he's going to close the show out for us but I wanted to open it up with you and I also wanted to thank you too for introducing us uh, to Aja, Aja Smith. Uh, yesterday we uh, we talked to her, and sounds like you guys are pulling it really together out there in California. How's it look? Is there any is there any hope for a Republican to win anything in California, Corinne? Uh, there actually is. So I think a lot of people, you know, think as uh, think of California as a deep blue state, which you know, to some degree we are. Um, but it's important to remember that in the middle of California and along the Central Valley, we're very red and purple. Uh, there's a lot of purple districts, like where Aja is in Riverside. Uh, there's not. There's a lot of independence that she's working on pulling in her way, and, and, and the margin uh, that she has to make up the difference is not that much. There's Aja Smith and Rhonda Kennedy. They have a really good chance of winning their elections this year. So we're really pulling for them. And then there's Joe Collins, who's out uh, running against Maxine Waters, and that which is a deep blue district. Um, but I've just been really excited and enthused about the, 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 the work acumen that Joe Collins has, just the level of commitment and just the level of actual love that he has for that community. He's out doing you know, uh, food banks and food giveaways, and he's always doing events, and he's cleaning up the district literally himself with trash bags in his own hands. He loves the people of that district, and the people are showing their love back. So I really pray that all of his effort and all of that community involvement and the the amount of people that I personally see working with him and volunteering is just, it's astonishing. And I hope that translates into votes um, on November 3rd. Fantastic. I get word from my executive producer, Michelle, that we're scheduling him for Monday. We're going to do what we can to uh, expose him to the folks that need to go out and vote. And we also, uh, Michelle, uh, go ahead and get Aja back on too, since it's just on the, the doorstep. <laughs> of uh, of election day and uh, we don't know who we may have on on election day but just the same everybody get out and vote corinne uh tell folks uh what what you're up to tell them how to get a hold of you if they're so inclined to help you do what 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 you're engaged in right now other than the political thing uh, is there anything we need should know about Yes, so we have an organization, a bunch of uh, black Republicans here in California, and it's called the Legacy Republican Alliance, and our website is LegacyRepublicans.org. You can go there and find out more information. You can contact us, and, uh, you know, we'd want to talk to you and encourage you to run for office or get involved in the party, whatever the case may be. We're really trying to grow the amount of black Republicans that um, are here in California. That's the Lord's work, too, i got to tell you, Corinne. God bless you and keep you in it and uh, cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace in your work. And, hey, listen, uh, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Corinne Rankin, because you are fighting the good fight. Thanks for being on with me. Thank you for having me.
I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Corinne. That was Corinne Rankin. And uh, very happy to have had her on with us today. And um, I'm just dropping everything around here. All righty then. Michelle's going to bring up. No, not Julia Childs. No, it's not it's Vivian Childs. Vivian Childs. Okay. Um, Vivian Childs will be coming up soon. And Michelle, I need you to sort of remind me just who Vivian is. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I get people confused. It's absolutely confusing sometimes. So, we're going to see what's going on in Georgia and uh, with Vivian Childs. And you just got the rundown on how things are shaping up from a California woman, another California woman. We had one on yesterday, I believe. Friends, I don't believe these polls. I don't believe them. And there's something Corinne said that I, I think, you know, might, might very well need to take to heart. And this is it. If these polls, and I know one uh, had Trump behind 17 points behind Biden in some uh, battlegrounds state, I think it was Michigan or Minnesota or something like that. If these polls are wrong, and of course I discounted them since uh, you know, they had you putting your nightcap on early back in 2016 because Hillary Clinton was going to walk away with it. But all of a sudden, uh, Trump wins Florida. And you say, hey, wait a minute. I have a feeling that's exactly going to be exactly what it's going to be uh, come this Tuesday night. Come this Tuesday night. I know exactly what it's going to be. Or at least I feel like I'm feel. I feel like I know. I feel like I want to know exactly how this is going to play out. It's going to be Trump early in Florida again. And for some reason, they had Hillary winning Florida. And one of the reasons why I think that this is going to be just the way we think it's going to be, and the way I just said it's going to be, and Trump's going to win that thing early, is because even the skewed and biased polls, most of them that are rep, they're seemingly are credible, or have been at least in the past before 2016, have it as a dead heat. And if it's a dead heat in Florida for Joe Biden and Trump, Trump wins. I just can't see, as I was saying to Rankin, I, 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 I just can't see how a lacklustered Joe Biden campaign with a cackling Kamala Harris 
as the head of the ticket and him being her running mate. You must know that the world has become an alternate reality if they win the White House. You know, my dad once asked me a question. Or I, I can't. Well, I guess it'd be more of a statement and a question contained in it. He was good at doing that. If I did something that was just outlandish, I mean just outlandish, he'd stand there and he'd be looking at me. He'd look at what's outlandish. He'd look at me, look at what, and he'd, he'd just simply say it. He said, son, I know that you can't be that dumb. Are you? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it, it, what is what is that? You okay? You get the you get the reassurance with I know you can't be that dumb. But then there's a question as to whether or not you actually may be. Because you did that. But surely if you were thinking straight, you would not have. America, that is where you are. You are at a point where you can avoid that humiliation of doing something that you know is stupid because You would not be doing that unless you're just an absolute Trump hater. If COVID-19 had not come around and the increase, the the uh, uh, increase in our economy by 33 percent. Gee whiz, that's what your agent's going to rip you off for. In fact, your agents get 33 and a third. I think ours was a little bit grew a little bit better than that. Yeah. 33 and a third. Oh, hey, yeah, baby, we're going to show you everything. Come in here, dear boy, have a cigar. You're going to go far. How much are you going to cut me in for? 33 and a third. Whatever it is you get, I get. 33 and a third. Our economy grew that much. It grew that much. If Donald Trump had not had to deal with COVID-19, you'd probably want to make him king. That's how wealthy, that's how much money you'd have in your, in your pockets. And the potential that you'd have for wealth just simply by making small investments. It would be incredible. You want to give that away to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders? You can't be that dumb. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. Those of you traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and you will see the red state, the talk monster billboard right there above it. And uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there, and old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you. Well, folks, as the race becomes a um, march to the finish line, and as we head toward that, uh, my friends, I want you to understand that we must remain vigilant, even in states like Georgia where my next guest, Vivian Child, State Director for All Things GOP and Minister and married to a pastor. Uh, she just recently uh, came off a congressional race, and prior to that, she was with us, Black Voices for Trump. Help me welcome uh, one of my cohorts, Vivian Childs. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you? I am wonderful and just as fired up as you appear to be, CL. Thank you so much, Vivian, for being there with us, and thank you for what you do for us out there in the nation. And, Vivian, we're kind of concerned about Georgia because the polls are saying that Joe Biden might be leading. I just can't hardly believe that. You tell us from where you sit. Let me tell you from where I sit. I, I'm in the same position I was back in 2016 when these same polls had the same story. We are decided here. We are working hard. We are on the ground. We're doing all the things necessary to keep this administration in place because we in Georgia know what the administration has done for us in all areas. So, no, we, we see the polls to it going up and down daily. But you know what? We are the people who can get it done, and we will get it done here in Georgia. Is there an evolution? Is there a trending away from the dim policies, the Democrat policies that we have been hearing for years and years? Are black people finally fed up and tired of hearing the same old things from the same old people like Joe Biden? Or should we be tired of that? Talk to us, Julia. Talk, Julia. Talk to us, Vivian. <laughs> hey, that's not fine. I'm a great culture CEO. You didn't get that wrong either. But let me just say, I, you know, I'm, I'm on the ground daily and on the phone when I'm not on the ground. And the thing is, we all know what is happening. No matter what is being said in the airways or whatever, 
And what people don't understand, when you go into these communities and they look at you and they said, but wait a minute, you vote Republican, yet you do the work in the communities? And then they ask why. And then that gives me an opportunity to tell them why, and not just why, but how it's being done. And you know what? It's being done through this administration. Vivian, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I want you to continue with that. Is it important that we can, we tell our story? Are we telling our story uh, to people who are curious as to why we do what we do? Are we telling it effectively? Talk to us. And see, that's the part that's brought me. If we're not, we need to be. And I think that's also something different about 2020. And even with the, um, the organization that we've been, the Black Coalition for Trump and all those different things those things were devised i think because the word was not getting out the way it should be getting out those words people need to hear from me who look like me why we can support this administration and i think we're doing an excellent job across this country and i know we are in georgia 100 percent in agreement with you on that uh vivian i want you to tell us how to get in touch with you and your church and how to get people to where uh, you get you to where they are if people were inclined to help you and your church help you and your husband or help your movement talk to us about what we can do to engage with you just go to vivianchilds.com i kept it simple vivianchilds.com and you can find me and what we're doing there. And please join us. We need every vote, every voice to get this thing to the finish line. You heard Vivian Childs. She's mo- she's telling you that now we must mobilize. Let's get out. Let's get out the vote. Let's keep this administration, in her words, in place. We must do it. Our friends and black folks in particular, let me tell you. We can go back to the depression of what was Obama's era if you put Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. Vivian, is it that dire? That, have I overstated that? Let me tell you, all, if they just listen, when this administration speaks, we say what we are doing. When they speak, they say what they're going to do. They've had an opportunity to do everything that we are doing and that they said they're going to do. So how do we trust them? That's it. And folks, that's real talk. I don't care how you cut the cake. Vivian just gave you some real talk. They have said this for years. How in the world are we going to trust them now? When we are talking about what we've done, Donald John Trump's talking about what he's done for the black community. Joe Biden's talking about what he's going to do. <laughs> and has been there 47 years. Okay. Pretty simple, isn't it, Vivian? Vivian Childs has been my guest. Give me your website again, Vivian. VivianChilds.com. VivianChilds.com. Go there and help a patriot and help someone who is wanting to save this republic. Thank you so much for being my friend. Thank you for being on with me. We'll talk to you real soon. In fact, we'll talk to you not long after the election because I have a feeling we're going to need some talking too. Amen. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You betcha. God bless. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And that was Vivian Childs. And uh, she's in the great state of Georgia. And hey, sh- she's telling me that my lying eyes are seeing polls that are absolutely um, wrong. Yeah. I see 
<laughs> I, I see throngs of people. I mean, maybe it's my lying eyes. I don't know. Maybe it is my lying eyes. I see throngs of people at uh, Trump con- uh, Trump concerts. Well, it might as well be. It's sort of like one, really. It does have the you know vigor of a middle aged <laughs> concert. Although, although there are plenty of young people on fire for the prez, they are there. And actually, actually, these young people who bring the energy and make us—that's what was happening with me and Terrence Williams. Terrence is several years, many years younger than me. But when Terrence got to bopping around there and filming stuff at the Tulsa rally uh, and and uh, and uh, Harris, uh, David Harris, I got bumping around there. And, uh, well, hey, made those young people made me bump around and, and, and so forth. Reverend, I saw you dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you never read and heard how David danced? Yeah, David was a dancer. He loved to do it. And when he uh, became, got into the spirit and really wanted to show God something, David got really down with it. Like the scripture says that David would take his clothes off in front of David was a David was buck wild out there, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, and cost him one of his marriages. But anyway, <laughs> it went a little bit too far. A little bit too far. But that's not, hey, yeah. Joy is, I trust God, and I'm serious, joy is coming shortly. But in the midst of it, of our joy, I just want you to be ready for confusion. I want you to be ready for confusion and even chaos. Now, of course, you've heard now at least uh, about, uh, by now, at least uh, about the terrorist in France who beheaded a teacher for showing a cartoon video of Muhammad to the students. Oh, yeah. Cut his head off. With a knife. Now, I don't know what kind of knife the, the guy had that the police shot the other night. I don't know. All I do know is that he shouldn't have had it. I don't know if um, things would have been different, <laughs> but uh, he'd have had a stronger case if he hadn't had it. That's all I got to say because I'm not buying uh, the one that they're trying to sell here that uh, the police could have used less lethal force. What do you mean, hand-to-hand combat? Because that's all they had. Oh, you mean shoot him in the leg and then he gets well and comes looking for the cop to get even the score. 
Or you shoot him, you wing him, and he runs off with the knife into the crowd and he stabs people as he goes because, uh, from all accounts, he had um, tried to assault his parents the day that uh, uh, earlier in the day. This guy had um, a record of holding a gun to a woman's head, but you're not hearing all of that, are you? Yeah, that's the guy who's dead. Oh, yeah, he wasn't some boy scout who was just had cabin fever because of COVID and decided to just go out and get crazy one night and this was his only time ever doing anything like that. Oh, no. Oh, no. This wasn't his first rodeo. And, hey, those people who were looting all on the other side of town at the Walmart, I mean... They didn't know this guy, and I can promise you they didn't care about this guy. And as one store owner said, they didn't care nothing about uh, the murder, the guy who got murdered. They care about shoes and Nikes. They cared about looting and getting Nikes and TVs (laughs) from his store. They used that as an excuse. And you, yeah, you let them get away with it because uh, in Philadelphia anyway, because um, you defunded the police who would have had tasers if you hadn't defunded defunded them. Oh, yeah, they would have had tasers. Okay, they could have been fully equipped to take care of that situation, but you defunded them. We're sick of hearing your belly aching and you're crying over things that you have created yourself. Coming up on the other side of the break, um, the top of the news hour, we're going to have um, Diane Ventura. And then the, at the bottom of the hour, the very bottom of the hour, going to get on uh, VP of Freedom Works, Noah Wall. You're going to be on with me. Yeah, Noah Wall, my captain. Certainly do appreciate him coming on. And um, so stay tuned because after Noah... We will have on Pastor Daryl Scott, advisor to the President of the United States, will be on with me. Uh, One of my um, cohorts on Black Voices for Trump. He is chairman and co-chair. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, son of L.C., yeah, and I'm glad to be here, nephew to J.C., and all those other initials, W.C. and them guys out there. Um, It's a proud tradition in my family to uh, have gone, or I don't know, it's a reminding, it's a tradition that uh, helps us not to remember, or helps us not to forget uh, the, how humble, um, educationally wise at least my um, ancestors beginnings were and they were very wise and brilliant men uh, there's no question about that they all each did very well for themselves uh, never you know they always went did well for themselves once they got out of the poverty of what came before them as a children but um, brilliant men but very little education until JC first to go to college is my uncle and then um, open the door for so many of the rest of us. And friends, I got to tell you, um, when we look at the shoulders that we stand on, everybody stands on somebody else's shoulders. They really do. There's no you. There's nobody that gets anywhere without climbing up on somebody else's shoulders. I'm talking. It could be ideas. Oh, there are many ideas that uh, were not mine. Uh, you know, you, you mean, don't be so narcissistic as to think that everything originates with you. You know better than that. <laughs> Come on, you know better than that. You may take it and improve upon it and make it uniquely yours. That's what I do. That's what I, I do. But uh, I think Solomon said, well, I know it was Solomon that said there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, there, I mean, if people have done this stuff before, okay. Uh, it's a passage of scripture in Isaiah. I'm not really sure. I'll tell you. I can give it to you before the end of the show. But it talks about it. It says, uh, you know, he who sits above the circle of the earth in Isaiah. Now, that's long before even Columbus was thinking that the earth was flat. Uh, whoever penned that in Isaiah and put that thought in Isaiah's mind knew that the earth was a circle. Yeah. That was that was written long before men knew the earth was not flat. <laughs> so, uh, you see, and so I don't think any of this is by coincidence and everything. So as we move forward, as we to unpack this understand that this is a fight to the finish and politically friends I don't think that those words could be more certain we're going to finish them off in this race. Are they going to finish us? 
It has, and yes, I know that, yes, we should be talking in terms of Americans all. I gotcha, 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 gotcha. I'm on board with ya. But you do know that all Americans are not on, in, on board with America. So that creates a them against us type of scenario. Not one that I relish. Not one that I am really that uh, fond of at all. But it is one that is real. It is genuine. And we're going to discuss now, I believe we have on with me... um, Let's see, Diane Ventura, and uh, she is longtime GOP activist from Butler, PA, where the president will be Sunday night as he continues his whirlwind tour as he marches toward re-election. So help me welcome Diane Ventura to the show. Thank you so much for being there. How are you? Great, How are you doing? Fantastically well. Diane, tell us about the energy that's on the ground there in PA. You know, the polls are telling us that the president may be running even or something with Joe Biden. I just don't believe it. Talk to us about it. Listen, the excitement for America to have a second chance to choose freedom over communism is phenomenal across the entire United States. You know, we, we're, in a, we're in a spiritual battle right now. We're building kingdoms. America knows that. We do live in the greatest nation, and, and we have the blessing to be part of that in, in four days from now to, to, to give this nation a second chance to continue to be what, what it was designed to be originally from our founding forefathers and foremothers. Absolutely. You are right, Diane Ventura. Let me tell you something. This is a spiritual battle, and America, it is time for you to answer the question and make the choice. Choose you this day who will you serve i am telling you there is a movement to destroy this judeo-christian republic and everything that is the foundational values that our core values stand on as far as our foundational values we have heard diane that uh, there are women who are unenthused about this president i don't see it tell us from a woman's perspective why you are enthused about this president well, to agree with you, I don't see that either. You know, as as women in our homes, we, we carry the role to take care of our husbands, to take care of our homes, to take care of our families, to take care of other families. And with that being said, it starts in the schools. It starts at home. And, and we know, women know that our uh, nation is, is being challenged right now at, at, such, at such a level of darkness that we have to be, be verbal and to say, look, we're going to protect our families. We're going to protect the future generation that we have been blessed to be born, you know, that we have been born into these freedoms, and it's up to us for us to protect it. So Absolutely. The enthusiasm is phenomenal, and that we have, for such a time as this to be shining, 
so that we can tell future generations we did what we were called to do, and that was to protect our families, protect our churches, protect our borders that, that we've been blessed to have. I am so happy to hear you talk like that. And coming up this weekend, the president is going to be with you. Tell us about this mammoth event that you're putting on. Well, uh, the, the one in Washington, D.C., a call to prayer in Lance Wallnow and Wallnow Ministries is who has headed that. And uh, just a little bit of background, four years ago today, and you can see in Facebook memories, which is one thing that I like about social media is the memories to show where you were and what you were doing. My mother, who, um, Joey and I, from Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, her and I went to Washington, D.C. four years ago today to pray on the monuments of Washington, D.C., to, to, to rattle some unanswered prayers from our four fathers and four mothers, to just ask God to shine his blessings on this nation. And uh, Lance Wallnow and, and Mercedes and his team took it upon um, you know, themselves. They've, they've named it As One Prayer Rally. And, and it starts Saturday night at 6 o'clock at the mall in Washington, D.C. Of course, you know, it was planned in a totally different way. It was going to be held at a beautiful hotel there on Pennsylvania Avenue. But, you know, COVID threw us some, some challenges, and it hit hard so much that we couldn't even have 50 people in a room. And, you know, there were so many things saying, no, maybe this needs to be canceled. But, but the drive to say, no, this is where we need to be at our nation's capital to protect our nation's capital where it all starts and literally where it all could end. Uh, we're going to be there Saturday and Sunday, both on the mall outside of David's tent and we're splitting up and we're praying over monuments and we're just asking, you know, the Lord to hear our prayers, to, to rattle the unanswered prayers from our forefathers from years ago, that we can continue to be the light, the nation that shines the light and, and and that does what we've been anointed to do and to continue to, to shine. I am so, so glad to hear an American, and I know that there are millions upon millions that speak like you do, but many, you don't hear their voices. Diane, I cannot tell you how uh, uplifting and, and thrilled I am to, to hear you talk like that woman. It is just absolutely fantastic. It, it, it is food for the soul, and I want to thank you for it. And I certainly hope that uh, you let your light continue to shine, continue to fight the good fight, Diane. But I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Uh, ask let me let me ask you about the uh, the speakers that are coming to the event this um, Saturday. Well, Lance and um, some people are familiar with Lance Wallnow Ministries. He wrote the Chaos Candidate, where which describes our great president as um, you know Cyrus coming in like a wrecking ball, rebuilding walls. Mario Murillo, he's from California. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Phenomenal. I know Mario. He, he's, he's great. He's one of the speakers. Jeremiah Johnson's going to be there. Larry Sparks, the prayer intercessor, will be there. It's just, it's, it's, we're just, you know, we're rallying the hundreds, thousands of prayer warriors of, of you know, to just come together. And, and we know that we are not in a battle any longer of Democrat versus Republican, Republican versus Democrat. We're in a spiritual battle right now of good versus evil. And it's what the it's what we do with that is what the, the outcome is going to be. I, I remember 
is interesting. You know, being a young girl going to Bible school, going to Sunday school, and hearing about the stories and the warriors that made a difference in that time. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting? It's just crazy to be able to be part of that. We are living it right now. We are living it. Where we are the, the, the you know, we're building kingdoms. And if we have a choice to be complacent, we could be the the one that says, well, you know, God has it, you know, God's in control of everything, perhaps, but we are being called to protect that and to fight for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right, Diane. You are exactly right. We are being called to fight for that and protect that. Diane, I thank you again for being on with me here today. Continue, as I said, to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are, uh, Diane Machora. Thank you so much for being there and being in the fight. Thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And that was Diane Ventura out uh, there in um, Pennsylvania, out in PA. And uh, the president's coming to do, coming around uh, as well. Um, And on Sunday, she'll be doing an event on Sunday as well. The president will be there uh, with her there in PA. He is really all out, flat out, all out, uh, giving it a run for it. And I certainly am happy to see him do it. Uh, And you, my good friends, my friends, you must do your part. If you have not gone to vote, go vote. If you have not gone to vote, go vote. Wish I could say honestly, go er (laughs) vote early, vote often. But I won't say that because that, my friends, would be wrong. But you vote for sure. Quickly vote. Get it done. Because I have questions about uh, this thing already. I mean, they tell me that 90 million votes will come in. I think uh, something over 73, nearly 80,000 are in now. And they're saying about 90 million votes will come in. Well, I think it was only about, what, uh, 147, 157, 56 million Americans voted overall. That's all, everything. Last year makes you kind of wonder about the excess uh, and is it, are people really that motivated um, now or, you know, makes you wonder, doesn't it? It kind of makes me wonder. It kind of makes me wonder about that. Um, just how, if in fact these there, there are millions of ballots that have been sent out uh, to various people to fill out and mail back in. If, if, if there are literally that many out there and you literally have this many people who have, they say have actually voted. Now, it makes you wonder. I mean, it makes you, you don't want to lose confidence in the system. Because then it would have to be replaced. Um, but you do understand what they have done. The Democrats did what they have done by design. That 
thought, even though somebody may say, well, you shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, you should talk about it. Because you can't go through life not talking about things that don't make, that are not logical. I mean, surely it's great if if, if everybody votes in this country. That'd be fantastic. But uh, when you have already, and I know the corona probably has something to do with it, but you have people then handling ballots from someone who you don't know who mailed them to you, and you mail them back, and they're coming back from you going to people who don't know you, yet you're saying you're afraid of coronavirus? I don't think so. You see, all this by design, the hysteria and the misdirection is by design. Yeah. It's by design. And and we fall for that all the time. We fall for it all the time. Friends, we... um. Duped, hoodwinked, bamboozled, swindled, whatever you, however you want to call it. We have been that. We have been, we have been that. And so it's time to um, wake up and understand what, what's happening here. I, 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 I'm going to welcome on board here in just a few minutes the um, VP of Freedom Works, good friend of mine, uh, Noah Wall, Executive Vice President of uh, Freedom Works, will be on with me. We're going to get a good rundown of um, what was happening with the uh, Protect the, the Vote Summit. And uh, there's something like 800,000, nearly a million views on um, FreedomWorks Facebook page. Uh, We boast nearly 5 million who are with us on Facebook. And we get a lot of play. We get a lot of exposure there. And we're going to talk about that and how you can become a part of the largest grassroots organization in the nation, a movement. Go to freedomworks.org, freedomworks.org. Executive VP Noah Wall Wall will be on with me um, in just a a few minutes. He'll be on with me. And uh, then following him, I'm going to have on advisor to the President of the United States. You've all Daryl Scott. I'll be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
lifted high. Our hearts are bowing. CL back on this great day in the USA. And uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation uh, in our great nation. And I thank you for everything that you do to preserve this great republic that we have here uh, in America, this great republic, this democratic republic that we have in our nation. And so um, Pastor Darrell Scott will be joining us here shortly, advisor to the president. Um, we will have to reschedule. Noah will reschedule Noah Wall for another time. Thanks, Michelle, for that. And um, but Pastor Daryl Scott will be on with us here uh, in just um, a little bit. And I was saying to all of us, um, <laughs> it's strange how short our memories are. And I was sharing with you. Thing about what my dad had said, you know, you can't, son, I can't believe that you're that dumb. Folks, if you vote Donald Trump out of office, someone who had put our nation, oh my, it would be like hearing my father say that to me, son, I cannot believe that you are that dumb. Are you? And then uh, the regret. Oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever regretted anything in your life. Oh, my God, I have. If you've I imagine if you live past the age of three, you <laughs> you've regretted something. And, it, and and the 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 magnitude of the regret only gets larger as you get older and make regretful action. The magnitude is much greater when you're older because you have less time in your, at least in your mind to recover from it. That's why I um, wonder, I mean, I have to wonder why does Joe Biden do what he does why why does nancy pelosi do what she does if they went home they die because this is all they know to do my dad was like that actually my dad had been doing the same thing and doing his business for over 44 years and uh, when he retired uh, didn't have anything to do. He didn't live two years. I tried to get him up and doing all kinds of things. But um, America, Joe, I, I don't get it. I mean, I think Joe Biden, I think uh, Nancy Pelosi, I, you got to have something else to do. And they've been doing this far too long. The The parade is passed by. But they're still singing the same tune. Now, this is what really bugs me, especially about uh, minorities. Yeah, you Latinos, women, and black folks. 
is that every four years you hear the same thing from them. And 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 uh, I forget who I was talking to about this. I think it was Miss Ventura, or, or, or maybe it was Vivian Childs. No, it was Vivian Vivian Childs. I was talking to her about this. You hear the same things from them, but they never produce anything. Oh, but they make you feel good by saying, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. No, they're not. They never have. When has Joe Biden ever done anything for any in 40s? Listen, answer this question for me. Name one thing that Joe Biden has done for the black community in 47 years. Not a thing. How is it that you keep falling for the same line every four years? I'm going to give you more jobs. I'm going to give you a uh, better education. I'm going to give you equal housing. I'm going to I'm going to give you I'm going to give you free education, free health care. None of that stuff's free. And they're not giving you nothing. They have never given you anything. It's those of us who work hard and pay the taxes. That's who's given a given. And somehow we have turned out to be the despised ones. How is that possible? We are the despised ones. How is that possible? The ones who pay, you know, sometimes that happens too. Hmm? Have you ever been the guy who, uh, you ever been the guy who, uh, you know, you made it possible? But uh, the people you made it possible for never said thank you? Huh? Has that ever been the case? Well, friends, that does sometimes happen. But we have come a long way down this corridor with Donald John Trump. And we have, in fact, been able to see this administration through the worst things that could happen, the worst lies, the worst conspiracy to take down a president. That I have ever seen. He survived it. And that's why I have I have always said that the, the supernatural hand of almighty God, whether you like him or not, is upon him. First of all, he should never have lost. He should. Ne- Do you understand what he, there were three 
living for living, I believe, back in 2016. Presidents. Yeah. There were four living presidents. And you can throw in Hillary for five. Who did not like Donald Trump. No, not at all. The two Bro- the two Bush presidents, uh, Bill Clinton and, and um, Jimmy Carter. They were still alive when he became president of the United States. They did not like him. The Bushes didn't like him. Clinton didn't like him. Jimmy Carter didn't like him. All four of them were alive. So he won even over their influence because, you know, they still had influence on the party. He won. He beat 16 other candidates who were wanting to be president. And some of them were heavy hitters like Ted Cruz, uh, Rand Paul, Marco Rubio was among them. Oh, you know. He beat he beat all of them. Handle even Ben Carson was on even Ben Carson was one of them. He beat them all. And it is important for you to understand the magnitude of what occurred. I'm going to bring up uh, Michelle right now. Michelle, my executive producer, what's going on, girl? What's going on? Well, you know, see, we spent a lot of time this week bringing on women, female voices around the nation, talking about their support for the president. And I just wanted to kind of wrap that up with you. I know you're a super fan of women, and thank you for that opportunity. But I think that as we go out today from this show, we want women to stand up and be counted. We're bombarded by the left every minute of every day with commercials, random text messages telling us that we're not really women if we don't support Biden and Harris. That's absurd and it's a joke. And I just wanted to kind of, you talk to women all the time. I mean, are you sensing the same thing that I am all over the country? Yes, that indeed women are I do. passionate about Trump? Indeed I do, uh, Michelle. But but let me ask you this. How um, how does it make you as a conservative woman that, that you are, I know you to be, uh, feel when someone tells you how you should think about your political uh, viewpoints and how you should think of yourself as a woman. Uh, when they tell you, you should uh, gauge that from the viewpoint of Kamala Harris or uh, Elizabeth Warren or someone of that nature. How does that, t- just give me a gut, gut reaction of how that makes you. Well, feel. I think what's interesting is I am conservative today, but I wasn't raised that way. I have a free mind and free thought and did research and have come to be the woman that I am. I don't hate people. What offends me the most is how they put me in a box, the so-called tolerant left, and then they malign me. I'm very fortunate because of the work I do with you and others. I get to speak to liberals all the time. I get to shatter their stereotype of what a Republican woman is. Like I said, I wasn't raised liberal. I mean, raised conservative. I don't look conservative. I don't necessarily look like a, a Christian from the Bible Belt, which I am and proud of. And I think that it's shocking to me, the so-called left, because I won't call them liberals, because true liberals, the definition of that is open-minded. These people are Marxist. They are closed-minded and then determined, and they're just hateful. 
they don't even listen. We just had an opportunity, you and our little staff, to talk with people at BuzzFeed that wanted to do an article. I mean, I talked to them like I was trying to convert them because, you know, CL, I try to convert women all the time. I sit down with them and identify, like you said, you know, Kamala Harris, when was she a poster child for what women should be? Or Hillary Clinton? She's never been an example for me. But neither was Laura Bush either. And then Michelle Obama. How can a woman talk about how much she hates this country while she's living in a palace that was bought and paid for by taxpayer dollars? She gets handed running Netflix. They wouldn't have been given Netflix to run had he not been president. Yeah, no, I, um, I don't take offense to it. I try to dismantle the left and their lies about women. And you've done a very good job of it. And uh, I would give you accolades and praise, but it's far too close to Christmas for me saying anything like far that. Far too close. <laughs> but, and I want to say one more thing, too, because there's all these far groups of people about, like, the Christians. Like, you had on Diane Ventura, and she's yeah, yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, Diane. Well, this, yeah, it's this rally in um, in D.C. And, like, you know, it, it looks bad. They planned it a year ago. It was supposed to be inside. But I've found so many times with this coronavirus, the silver lining is it's forced people to be more, get a sense of. Michelle, I lost her. I lost her. Michelle, call back. So I don't know what happened, but uh, you, I lost you. Uh, call back. And um, but just, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I am saying to you, folks, I am saying to you, uh, folks, that um, the little goblins and stuff do float around uh, here and and so forth. She may be still talking her head off, not knowing that she's cut off. And uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, okay. Let's see, Michelle, were you still talking while you you didn't know that you were cut off? Yes, I did. No, I wasn't still talking. I, gotta, I was I, talking about my Christmas present, but. <laughs> Before we pull on our next guest, I wanted to touch base about this rally on Sunday. Like I said, um, Corona has forced people to rethink things, and it's really created a sense of urgency. Last election, Christians did not get out. In 2016, and even in 18, the statistics showed that Christians didn't were not motivated to vote. And I have seen, even since the beginning of this year and through Corona, that Christians are beginning to mobilize. And for them to put this rally on outside in D.C., the weather, let's pray for good weather. But I encourage our listeners to go to Facebook. It's called the As One Rally. As one prayer rally, it's starting on Saturday. It goes through Sunday. And if you can just make it to D.C., you'll be able to find them. Lance Walnow, Mario Marullo, like you said. And Mario has really come out of the closet and said, how can a Christian vote Democrat? And he's not making that as an accusation, but more of a question. And that's the question, CL. How can a Christian, a Bible believer, vote for anti-biblical principles doesn't make sense. I'm all I'm all in with that, Michelle. As you know, and uh, I I just can't see it myself. I'm glad that uh, there are clergy who are challenging the the mindset of Christians uh, to to ask themselves how is it possible that you can say something uh, in church on Sundays or say Amen to something on church on something, praise God to that, and praise God to this, but then go to the polls on Tuesdays and and vote uh, against the 
principles that you are thanking God for, for having. And, and so, Michelle, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the outcome of what goes on in uh, D.C. And, and uh, of course, uh, we will be just two days away from uh, a presidential vote. Uh, as you know, the economy has bounced back. It's, it's grown 33 percent. That is absolutely astounding. That's absolutely astounding. But our next guest is going to be uh, Dr. Daryl Scott, advisor yeah, to the president of the United States. And I was going to say the thing that Christians can do is they can pray for our nation, pray for Philadelphia, pray for unrest to be dissolved. And they can also vote on Tuesday. Vote. Things. And there you go. Vote, friends. Vote. Vote. Michelle, thanks for coming on, Don. Um, God bless you. God keep you. I know you're going to fight the good fight because you are fighting the good fight daily with me right here on the C.L. Bryan Show. That's my executive producer, Michelle. And uh, thank you so much for being on. And um, uh, the next voice of uh, guest that we'll have on will be uh, Reverend Daryl Scott. Reverend Dr. Daryl Scott is going to uh, be on with me here shortly. And uh, that was, like I said, my executive producer. He came in and uh, put her two cent in. Oh, she's a old mess. She's always going to have two cents to put in. <laughs> oh, definitely so. But um, uh, six years uh, down the road, we've come together, and um, it's been, you know, it's been one of those things where we have um, overcome a lot of obstacles, and yet the Lord has blessed and blessed and blessed. Um, us uh, with a voice, and, and, and that's basically all that any of us can truly hope to have in this world that we live in now is a voice, a, a stage to speak from, a platform to speak from. And it's more and more important that you have a platform to speak from in this country. That's what makes social media so powerful. What makes social media so powerful is the fact that it gives every man, woman, boy, or girl, a platform to speak from. And it's up to you as to how you want to grow that platform. Can you um, uh, join yours with someone else's? Well, sure you can. Um, The magnitude that I get by being um, a partner with FreedomWorks is, is amazing. Um, one point, I can't remember how many views that I, I have had like that. But let me say this to you. Uh, you must have a platform. Someone who has given all of us a platform, especially black voices in this country, has been my next guest, Dr. Daryl Scott. We'll hear from him when I return. More of the C.L. Bryant Show. So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up. 
Stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. All because of people like you coming to you over the talk monster. Red State Talk Radio throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. If you're traveling through Times Square, which is kind of vacant right now, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, and above that iconic building, you'll see the Red State Talk Billboard. And every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there, and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. Hey, we want to give you a voice as well. And someone who has given all of us a voice, especially those of us with black voices for Trump and uh, diversity coalitions and those who believe the word and who have been able to attend his church there at the New Spirit Revival Center in Cleveland, Ohio. I have on with me none other than my friend and hey, let me tell you something. He's our captain as far as following this campaign. One of the reasons, Daryl, I don't know if I ever told you this, Pastor, but one of the reasons why I decided to throw in with Donald John Trump was because of you. I, I, I know that you're a man who was real, had to be real. I, I know what, you know, I know what you, what, I know your life story. I know how you, how you've lived and how everything. I know what has brought you to where you are. And I know that you're for real. I know that you're not a frivolous man and you are the reason why I jumped in with both feet. So thank you so much for your leadership and thank you for uh, uh, guiding us in the way that you have. How's everything? How's the campaign going? Everything's going um, great right now. I think we're in better shape. First of all, thank you for having me on, and thank you for the compliment that you just gave me. Uh, I think it's um, I just heard, but I'll, I'll Michelle is breaking, uh, Michelle is breaking up. Mm-hmm. To ahead. be quite honest, I, I'm, I'm more optimistic now than I was in 2016, even though I was very, very optimistic then. When the president won, I was amazed but not surprised. And I expect to replicate that emotion again on this Tuesday. We're we're in a better position than we were then. And I really think the odds are stacked against us more now than they were then. But uh, I think we will prevail. Pastor, I know that you're asked this all the time, but a lot of people don't believe that it can possibly be true. Is the black vote going to be a, a, a surprise on election day? Have we done the job that that we we have set the course to do in moving a significant percentage of the black vote? And what has the president done that may have driven that? Talk to us. Well, let me preface that by saying this: we surprised everyone when we uh, were able to obtained 8% of the black vote in 2016 because, you know, at one time we were polling at supposedly 0%. I remember being on uh, MSNBC with Tamron Hall and and and, and, and she um, was, you know, throwing that 0% number in my face. And I told her, I said, there's a large amount of black people that are going to vote for Trump. They just don't want the drama. They don't want the smoke that goes with it. And I coined the term for them, which was the NCOG Negroes. <laughs> now, let me say this. 
I think the 8% that we were able to uh, obtain in 2016, I think that base number is secure. I really don't think we've lost any of the 8% because President Trump, basically to the black community, he under-promised and over-performed. There were no specific promises made to the black community other than give me a shot, what do you have to lose? And he's overperformed. And because of the track record that he now has, because you know this, uh, 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 Dr. Bryant, back in 2016, we were selling a vision. We were selling a dream. We were pointing to the future and we were saying, listen, give the man a shot and this is what he will do. But now our job is easier because we have some deliverables that we can point at and say, hey, we got criminal justice reform. We have prison reform. We had historic levels of funding for HBCUs. We had historic low levels of unemployment for the black community prior to the pandemic. Uh, we had opportunity zones. We have an urban revitalization aggressive plan. We have some ceremonial um uh, initiatives as well, such as designating Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, childhood home as a national landmark and pardoning the first black heavyweight champion posthumously in Jack Johnson. And so we have some things to point to to dispel those racist narrators that they tried to uh, levy against the president. And so I think our 8% base is solid and that we're going to build on that. I wouldn't be surprised if we doubled it, and I'm actually optimistic that we might be able to triple it, well, and we can go into the 20% range. Well, with Pastor Dr. Daryl Scott, advisor to the President of the United States, I'm really happy to have him on the C.L. Bryant Show here today with us. Daryl, have we done enough, do you think, to finally have, after this election, after we get uh, DJT reelected, after we get DJT reelected, and by the way, uh, on the uh, Black Voices for Trump advisory board, let me say this. Uh, I want to give them kudos because let me tell you, the black voice for Trump has been everywhere trying to spread the message. And, and Reverend, the, the, the question that I have is this. Have we done enough to finally be able as conservatives, as black Republicans, people who have a differing point of view from what we have normally been expected to have? Have we finally set a course where we can talk at least to those instead of uh, being shouted down as Uncle Tom's and so forth, or sellouts. Have, are we beginning to chip away at that type of narrative? Talk to us. Uh, yes, we have, and I'll use myself as an example. I used to wake up every day to Uncle Tom cool sellout, and I don't get that much anymore. You know, if you don't want to believe in a person for the words that they speak, then you have to believe in that person for the works that they do or they've done. And because of the positive accomplishments and works of uh, this administration, uh, we're able to help dispel that narrative. People are saying, oh, wow, uh, you, you, we, you weren't a coon. You weren't a sucker. You weren't a sellout. You saw something that I didn't see back then. I get that a lot. You saw it. I didn't see it. I'm glad you saw it. I'm glad you guys saw it. I'm glad all of you saw it because we're all reaping a harvest from it. The one complaint I would have, if any was, and this was a complaint that I have all the time, and it's not the president, but it's actually the White House. And my complaint is that the White House does not do enough to message. We need to message. You know, we have black voices, but they're with the campaign. They're not with the White House. The White House needs to do more in messaging these accomplishments. I say that because there's so many things he did during the course of the administration that as I began to share them with people, they knew nothing about it. Right. 
When, you know, even now, right. I was just sharing the platinum plan with someone recently, and they knew nothing about it. Right. There's a guy that I know, and I, some months back, he and I were actually at a gym together. I was watching our, our kids were playing basketball, and you know, he had to bring up the subject of President Trump. Now, this is a guy that's an HBCU alumnus, mm-hmm. alumni, mm-hmm. and his kids both go to HBCUs. And when I told him about the historic levels of funding the president had given to the HBCUs, he didn't believe me. You, I had to pull it up on Google and let him read it. You kidding he me? Did, he looked at me and said, why don't I know about this? Because when I say he's an HBCU man, that's what he is. I mean, he has an HBCU license plates and he wears an <laughs> HBCU sweatshirt. And I said, well, where are you getting your information from? I said, if all you're watching is CNN and, H- and uh, MSNBC, they're not going to share this information with you. But wow. I really think that Things that he has done, you know, we're messaging it to the best of our ability, black voices, but there's no louder voice than the White House itself. And I just, and this is a conversation I've had with the comms department. I said, y'all need to get, y'all need to start messaging more because if you do, it'll make our jobs easier. You know, Reverend, I've asked everyone on this show from Sean Hannity to you name them, Judge Jeanine Pirro, who you name them, uh, this question. I, I don't believe I've ever asked you this, but I, I need to ask you this. Uh, you know, Reverend, at some point in time, you know, you and I, we're going to hang up our spurs and we're going to be doing uh, looking into the sunset and rocking in our chairs and uh, thanking God that we've lived the life that we've been able to live. Legacy. Tell us about uh, Legacy, uh, Pastor Scott. Take a, a couple of minutes and tell us about Legacy. What do you want us to remember about Daryl Scott? You know what? In, in my book that I wrote, Nothing to Lose, Unlikely Allies in the Struggle for a Better Black America, in my concluding pages, the one thing I did say regarding my legacy is this. You know, I'm going to be honest, and I say this to my business partner, Kareem Lanier, a lot. I said a lot of the stuff that we do and we've done, it won't show up in the history books. But we'll know we did it. And as far as legacy for me is, I want my grandchildren and I want my unborn grandchildren, the ones that I'll never know, to be able to look back and say their grandfather participated in something historic in this country and that their grandfather, you know, that they're proud of me. That's that's more of a concern to me. You know, the American public is going to have their, their pros and their cons about it. I get a degree of self-satisfaction. One day, I was with Corey Lewandowski, and he actually said to my grandchildren, he said, you guys don't realize it now, but maybe 30, 40 years from now, you'll look back and say, your grandfather participated in something historic. Wow. And I guess that's, that. you know, when Corey said that, you know, he and I were having one of those moments. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. Nobody, everybody was gone, but I was there with my grandkids, and we were in the lobby, and he said that. He said, you, you don't you don't appreciate it now. And so I just hope and pray that, and this goes for you as well, I want history to be kinder to us than the president is. Than the president is. I think history is going to be kinder to Donald Trump than the president is. And as far as legacy is concerned, they don't understand. We weren't grifters. We weren't coons. We weren't sellouts. We weren't suck-ups. We saw something that other people didn't see, and we did something that other people didn't do. Reverend, God we bless you. We were trailblazers, trendsetters, and visionaries. Continue to fight the good fight, uh, Pastor Daryl Scott. I, I just can't. We we can't end it on a better note. 
than you bringing it home, uh, Pastor, the way you just brought that home. Uh, con- uh, continue to fight the good fight, Pastor, as God I said. God bless you, man. Thank you, Pastor. God me. bless you. Uh, thank you so much for being on. That was Pastor Daryl Scott, advisor to the President of the United States and friend for the show, friend of ours, friend of mine. And um, I got to tell you something. Uh, he has been a light uh, to so many of us, so many of us uh, who were, you know, reluctant to do this thing with Donald John Trump. We were reluctant, but we knew Daryl. We, we, we knew, you know, that he was a, a serious guy. You know, he's not one of those guys that, you know, he, he's a serious guy. And, uh, and, and he's street smart. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. And he's a serious guy who the Lord has called from there to here. And, you know, I understand him. He understands me. And he understood that this guy, DJT, Donald John Trump, was somebody we need to try and help. And we did. And I'm glad we did. Because Daryl helped us see something that nobody else was seeing. And America, today, I certainly hope that we have been able to help you see something. Herman Cain helped me see something that he saw that I was not able to see until he pointed it out to me. Rest in peace, Herman. Uh, God bless and keep all of you Americans. Thank him for our men and women in uniform who defend our right to speak our mind. And I want to thank God for uh, this privilege to speak to you. And when, uh, until I'm able to talk to you again, May God bless and keep you all. I'm just a pilgrim on this road.